Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. It is on to the finals in Basel and Vienna. Welcome to TC Live presented by Cabinets to Go. The race to Turin continues and the countdown to Fort Worth gets even closer. A lot to get to over the next half hour. Come on in to our studios in Santa Monica, California. Great to have you here with us. Steve Weissman, big thanks. Chris Eubanks will take you through all the action on semifinal Saturday. How about what we just saw from Holger Runa was down 6-2 in that second set tiebreak. Didn't lose another point. Down 6-2, lost the first point on his serve, lost the next two on Bautista Agut's serve. Had only won two points on RBA serve in the entire second set. Gets down 6-2, gets two in a row, two consecutive points. But I was most impressed with how well he volleyed today. This kid was coming to net, produced some beautiful volleys, even a nice stick shot tweener that we saw producing just an array of shot making from both guys. Really excited to see this final tomorrow. This is going to be a fun one. I can rest assured that. Oh, absolutely. Uh, that tweener, I think, leading candidate for hot shot of the day. We'll find out later on TC Live. <laughs> but let's get straight to the highlights. The match that we all wanted to see on semifinal Saturday between the world number one, Carlos Alcaraz, and of course, the hottest man on tour right now. Felix Ojeali has seen the Canadian has won 11 straight matches, a perfect 2-0 against Alcaraz coming in, Chris. Felix has been playing so well. Their last matchup, however, was in Davis Cup not that long ago, right after Alcaraz had secured the number one ranking. And in that matchup, FAA with a flawless serving performance, 16 aces, one double fault. Then today, nine aces, zero double faults. Now, mind you, that match was three sets. This match was a straight sets performance. FAA played extremely well kept the unforced errors to a minimal as he's been doing the entire week and absolutely dominating with the serve and the forehand. Actually caused Alcaraz so many problems. He appeared to be really, really out of sorts. It's something we're not accustomed to seeing from the young champion already. And so it's going to be interesting to see how he rebounds from this because I'm just hasn't, I haven't seen Alcaraz look so flustered on the court by just sheer power precision from FAA. Hey, you talked about the serving from Felix. When 82% of his first serve points broke Alcaraz three times, the world number one, just 5 of 15 on second serves at those 15 unforced errors. FAA finally faced a break point, but remains unbroken. A dirty dozen wins in a row. Felix, your thoughts? Yeah, so far it's uh, very close and perfect. Uh, I've been serving amazing, not getting broken. Uh, once yet, so um, yeah, there's still one more match to go, but it's been a, it's been a fantastic week. Uh, played some great tennis, and again today, against uh, the best player in the world, uh, it's uh, it's an amazing win. So I'm really happy with my level, and hopefully I can go all the way. We shall see. With that, Felix Oje Aliasim win. Five players eliminated from the race to Turin. So it is just those. Folks remaining going for the final spots. Taylor Fritz, Hubie Hercotch must win the Paris Masters to make it to Italy. Uh, you called this one. You, you said Felix is going to beat Carlos Alcaraz. 12 straight wins, third straight final. 
Now, two straight wins against the guy ranked number one in the world. Could you argue right now that since the U.S. Open, Felix Auger-Aliassime is the best player in the world? You could make the argument. I still think we want to see next week will be, I think, more of an indication as to who the best player in the world might be, simply because we'll have Rafa back on the court. And I think that's going to pose some challenges as well. But right now, FAA is playing as well as anybody in the world, specifically on serve. I have not seen Alcaraz look so flustered. It got to a point where he was even guessing on the first serve returns. Typically, guys who stand really far back behind the baseline, as Alcaraz does, don't have to guess. They can kind of read. They, give them, they are giving themselves enough time to be able to read to serve and react. But FAA is just serving too well. And he's also backing that up with a great first ball, looking to come in, finishing a lot of points at net. And as you say, 82% of first serve points won serving in the mid-60s in the first serve percentage. That is really tough to beat, but especially when you can compound that with 55% of second serve points won, winning over half of his second serve yeah. points. I don't know what you're supposed to do against a guy <laughs> playing that well. Chris, I'm curious because this is his sixth indoor tournament. Fifth final he's made indoors. What makes Felix so dangerous on an indoor hard court? It's just the serve. Yeah. It's the serve and the way that he can hit through slower services. His serve is going to really take a great effect on a faster indoor court. So it really doesn't matter. If you throw a roof over a tennis court, Felix Ojeoliasim has something in his game that will allow him to really be successful. Looking to cook up a baker's dozen in wins tomorrow. We'll see who he's going to face. Holger Runa, who's going to stop him against Roberto Bautista Agut, meeting for the first time. Neither player coming in had dropped a set this week. Chris Runa hasn't been broken. Well, RBA leads the tournament in return games one. So something has got to give. Something's got to give. And actually, I don't really think anything gave. It was two tight yeah. sets in which Holger played extremely well in the first set, producing volleys like this for a split second. I didn't know if it was Holger Runa or Holger Rafter, the way that he was digging out some of these low backhand volleys. Some of these reflex volleys were absolutely impressive. And all in all, man, he just played a very, very complete match. We saw some very good tennis from RBA. RBA tried to make some headway in the Runa service game, had love 40 in one service game. Rune just came up with the goods, used his SMB a little bit today, something you don't, you're not accustomed to seeing from him. But when he's coming up with volleys like that, why not? We saw him do it multiple times in the game. This point was absolutely incredible. Both guys bringing out the tweener. Holger gave RBA a nice look before he went back for the tweener. Knew he was in a little bit of trouble. But these guys gave the fans something to cheer for, and it was really, really exciting. This one right here, I mean, took it out of the air. Took it out the of point. the air right on the service line. Had a nice stick to it. That was the most impressive part about it. There wasn't that much float. He didn't hold back. He really stuck that volley. And now we are in for a very tantalizing final in, Vien in uh, Basel. How about a guy that's won 12 straight matches taking on a guy that's won nine straight matches? Both of these guys making their third straight final. Felix has won the last two. Safe to say something's actually going to have to give in this. One of these streaks <laughs> is going to have to come to an end. And uh, I'm excited to see the final tomorrow here. This is definitely going to be a fun one. All right, let's head to Vienna. A couple former ATP finals champs. Daniil Medvedev, he can lock up a spot in the year-end championships by winning the title here. Had no trouble against Grigor Dimitrov today. Chris. No, and we could kind of, you know, foresee what Grigor was going to try to do, use the short slice to really bring Medvedev in. But early in the match, Medvedev took a few of those short slices and took the backhands right up the line. Once he got the first set, Dimitrov started to try to change his approach, started coming over the backhand a little bit more, not going exclusively with the slice. And that is a tough way to try to beat Medvedev because... He is so good in those back-end-to-back-end -back exchanges. You have to try to be aggressive. You have to find that balance between staying patient and being aggressive. And when he's serving as well as he has, another guy who hasn't been broken in the tournament, it's really, really tough to play.
only dropped four points on his first serve today as Daniil Medvedev had Grigor Dimitrov on a string. Didn't know which way to go in the Russian. How about this? Fifth final of the year, but first since winning Los Cabos. And he said he's been looking for this type of form for a long, long time. Yeah, we all know how dangerous he can be when he's playing this well on a slow indoor court. He's tough. We saw last year the success he had in Labor Cup playing on a slow indoor court. So no surprise here. We're looking forward to seeing how he progresses throughout the remainder part of this tournament and next week. Yeah, it was a great match. Uh, there were a few moments uh, in the match where I was like, ah, I should have done just a little bit better to, to go in front even earlier and to to try to yeah build the pressure earlier. And then I managed to, to stay consistent and in the most important points managed to raise my level. That was enough today. I'm really happy with my level. Happy with his level. He also said the serve is probably the most important shot in tennis. He was lacking it a little bit this season, but working a lot with his coach to find the rhythm. What makes his serve so effective when it is on? Well, it's just because he can dial up the service games just as any great server. He can do the Kyrgios and the Isers, the Opelkas, dial up a 60-second, 65-second hold. But it's not just that. It's how he backs it up on return. He makes you work so incredibly hard to hold on your own serve that you just feel as though you're climbing an uphill battle throughout the course of the entire match. You said you look eye-to-eye -eye with Daniil Medvedev, so both, both at that six-foot-seven range. When you watch him play, what are some tactics you see that maybe you could incorporate into your own game? The way that he plays out of the corners is something I can aspire to try to do as well as he does, but it's something I think he's just had years and years of experience. His ability to kind of defend and play big shots to big targets out of the corners is part of the reason I think he's one of the best movers in the world, and it's so tough to attack him. It's so tough to try to get to net because he's almost like a... a scientist out there. He sees you coming in. He knows where your weaknesses are. He's going to put it where you don't want it to be. It's impressive, Chris, to see when he is at his top form. So Medvedev will be going for the title tomorrow. Who will he face? The winner of this match, born at George, Denis Shapovalov, rematch from Tokyo earlier this month that the Canadian took in straight sets. What would happen today? Shapo came out and played extremely well, just as he's been doing all week, making a lot of returns, hard up the middle, big targets from the ground. You haven't seen those patented Chapo errors where he'll just go for big shots and bad positions. He's been very, very patient, still looking to be aggressive, still looking to come in after taking the tough, tough first set in the tiebreaker. It was just smooth sailing going into the second set. You have to wonder how the body of Warner George is feeling. He had two consecutive days of seven, six, and thirds against top ten players, so maybe not at his full capacity, but you have to give so much credit to Shapovalov and how he was able to go about this match. Yeah, after that first set went to another tiebreak, it was all Denis Shapovalov after that. Makes his second final of the year and really smooth sailing a bagel in the second set to close it out. Something that's very, very tough to do to bagel anybody at this level and at this stage in the tournament, but just goes to show how dangerous Shapovalov can be when he is firing on all cylinders. And that's exactly what he was doing today. Canadian tennis is on the rise right now, as we saw Felix Ojealiasim make the final in Basel. And his good buddy, Denis Shapovalov, the lefty forehand winner. And then we move on as the final in Vienna is Medvedev Shapovalov right now.
Daniil leads them 3-2, including Cincinnati this year, but should be a spectacular matchup. 8 a.m. Eastern right here on Tennis Channel tomorrow. Let's talk about it. maple syrup for everybody, right? We got, we got Felix in Basel. We got Dennis in Vienna. What is it about these two guys? Something is going right north of the border, and we got to try to figure out exactly what it is. These guys are playing extremely well. The rest are sure they're probably in communication, encouraging each other, supporting each other, wanting to see each other do well because they are really holding the torch for Canadian tennis right now, and they are doing such a great job at some of the biggest events in the world. Both playing Davis Cup for Team Canada as well coming up later in November. Uh, we talked about Chris taking some tactics from Daniil Medvedev. We've got a real Medvedev impersonator coming up on the show that you do not want to miss. Plus, who's looking like a WTA Finals champ? In an incredible ceremony last night, the draw was announced. Two of our own Tennis Channel colleagues honored with group names. Break it all down next. TC Live is presented by Cabinets to Go. Your wow for less. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Chris and Steve back on TC Live, presented by Cabinets to Go. Reminder, next week, the last Masters 1000 of the season and the last chance to qualify for the year-end championships. Don't miss Tennis Channel's daily live coverage of the Rolex Paris Masters beginning next Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern. Precaution, Danny, already there in Paris Bercy. Well, qualifying is underway. Fabio Fonini gets a win. Mackie McDonald, David Goffin go down. Mackie Chris falling in a third-set tiebreak. But he did post a nice photo celebrating the birthday of Taylor Fritz last night at Lavenue. Yeah, we saw those guys out there celebrating the, the birthday of a good friend of theirs and Taylor Fritz. And good to see all of those guys being able to spend some time together at one of the last events of the year. Absolutely. Uh, we will continue to follow qualifying as we lead up to the last 1,000. Taylor Fritz just mentioned he's got a win in Paris if he wants to make the ATP Finals. We will reveal the next... Eight stars will be battling in the next-gen final, second week in November. Which American is headed to Milan? Find out next. away from the year-end championships the WTA finals group draw last night in Fort Worth each group inspired by a legendary American champ in singles we've got the Tracy Austin group and the Nancy Ritchie group let's start with that Tracy Austin group we've got the two youngest players in Texas Iga Coco guaranteed to have a Roland Garros final rematch you got the six seed Caroline Garcia the only player in the field to beat Fiontech this season the eight seed Daria Kazatkina as well who do you think comes out of that group I would love to see. Well, I think that Igor Sviontek will come out of the group, and I definitely think in front of the home crowd, Coco Golf will come out of that group as well. It's going to be a tough ass. I think that's probably the toughest group between the two, but I just think that Coco is going to be able to find her range. She'll hopefully be able to play herself 
into form. It's not going to be easy playing against three of the best players in the world. However, I do think the home crowd will be a big factor. She loves playing in the U.S. She loves playing when she has the support. Look forward to seeing Iga Sviantec and Coco Golf advancing through the Tracy Austin group. Yeah, love seeing her own Tracy Austin, by the way, getting in there with the, the group, the Hall of Famer, two-time U.S. Open champion. We got the Nancy Ritchie group, San, Ant San Angelo's finest. Nancy Ritchie, uh, one of the original nine. Two-seed. Angebur, the three-seed, Jesse Pagula, plus five-seed, Maria Sakri, seven-seed, Arena Sabalenka. Those two both making their second straight appearance at the year-end finals. Who do you like coming out of this one? I feel like I'm going to be boring because I just might be going right up and down the rankings, but Angebur and Jesse Pagula will definitely be my pick. Jesse Pagula riding a high of confidence, probably unlike anything she's ever experienced, taking her first WTA 1000 title. And Angebur, you just know how much these type of events mean to her. She really wants to solidify herself. She's one of the best players in the world. She's already talked a little bit about where her ranking points are falling off at the beginning of next year to maybe make a push to get to that number one in the world. So this is an opportunity she's going to want to make the most of. I look forward to seeing her do it. All the variety on court should be fun. What do you think of the round-robin format? Everybody plays everybody, and then the top two advance to the semis. I like it, honestly. I think it's a good change-up from the whole single elimination thing that we're accustomed to playing. It's good to be able to see your group, see who's in it, saying, okay, all right, I think I like that matchup. Maybe I'm glad I stayed out of this person's group. I don't know. But I like having the, the flexibility to say, hey, we're going to get three matches in, and we're going to see who's going to be the best one standing at the end of them. I love it. All right, Coco and Jesse also in doubles in Fort Worth as well. Let's check out those groups. We've got our own Pam Schreiber group plus the legend Rosie Casals getting a group as well. Coco Golf, Jesse Pagula drawn into the same group as the top seeds. Barbora Krejcikova and Katarina Siniakova, Gabby Dabrowski and former USC Trojan star Juliana Olmos leading the Pam Shriver group. And by the way, they are playing for the Martina Navratilova trophy. So we've got three Tennis Channel Hall of Famers with group action in doubles. Got to love to see that. Do you think that uh, Jesse and Coco playing doubles and singles, is that a good thing or could that be just too much work? No, I think in this situation, because they've had a little bit of time off since their last events, they've been able to kind of rest up and really prepare for this. I think they're going to be ready for it. I don't think they would have gone so diligently and gone so hard in doubles throughout the course of the year if they weren't ready for this situation. They know what's on the line. They know what's at stake. I look forward to seeing them possibly using the doubles to maybe help the singles and having the singles possibly help the doubles. So, there's going to be two players in fine form. It will be two of them because they will be having the most time on court, that's for sure. Check out Tennis Channel's social media. You can see all the great stuff from last night. The draw ceremony in Fort Worth was absolutely incredible. All right, let's take a look at what's trending on social media. We've got the next-gen finals as well. That'll be right here on Tennis Channel starting Monday, November 8th. Top two players in the race to Milan. That would be Carlos Alcaraz and Yannick Sinner. They both won this thing already. So they're like, all right, we're withdrawing, giving some other players opportunities. Lorenzo Musetti, Holger Runa, Jack Draper, Brandon Nakashima, they lead the field. Uh, you've played Binoc a few times. How have you seen his game progress over the years? Just see, everyone has known how solid Brandon has been for years and how professional he's been. But now he's starting to get the firepower. Now we're starting to see him being able to have more of an attacking style, serve first ball. The backhand has always been world-class since the kid was 16 and 17 years old. I think I played him when he was 17. But that's always been there. But it's just been about him developing, getting stronger, getting a better serve. His serve has really come a long way. He's got very, very good placement on his serve. I look forward to seeing him have a good week there. Hit him, 
Holger Aruna and especially Dominic Stricker after some of the showings yeah. we were able to see from him in Basel. It should be a fun one. Remember, we've seen Sitsipas win this thing. We've seen Alcaraz win at center. Maybe another top five player, world number one, will come out of this group of eight. We teased it earlier. Daniil Medvedev, impersonator. Let's roll the video. Chris, uh, take a look at this guy. Tell me uh, w whether you think it looks like the former world number one. <laughs> I wouldn't say the serve at all, but the ground strokes are right on the money. The finish around the neck is exactly like Daniil. The serve, do a little bit of work, but this forehand, the finish on it, the way that the legs kind of spray all over the place, the... Yeah, I got to give him that backhand is pretty close. I, I, I like the way that he impersonates the ground strokes, but uh, maybe we can work on the serve a little bit. That, that stretch, Gumby, kind of uh, Squidworth from uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, that, that, that was good. The way he bounced back from the serve, I thought that was pretty spot on. Uh, it was pretty spot on. He's always, Daniil tends to have that kind of hunched over look as if you're just not quite sure. And then all of a sudden, limbs start flying, <laughs> balls start going everywhere. And then you realize, oh, wow, this guy's number one in the world for a reason. He doesn't miss a single ball. Right. <laughs> he gets everything back. All right, Daniil Medvedev will be featured on Championship Sunday tomorrow. We've got two incredible matchups. Medvedev taking on Shapovalov. And then it is Felix Ojealiasim and Holger Runa in Basel. Chris is going to make his championship predictions when we come back on TC Live. Eubanks Weissman back on TC Live, our hot shot of the day. There was a lot to choose from, Chris. We got this. We got a running, patented Daniil Medvedev backhand pass. Impressive to create such angle and dip on such a low ball. Dimitri not even able to make a real play at it, and that's one of the most athletic guys on tour. Good shot, you know, it's a, it's a good, good Saturday, good Saturday shot. See the reaction from Medvedev right there, shows you how, what he thought of it. Holger Runa got robbed. That tweener volley, that was our hot shot of the day. Championship Sunday, 8 a.m. Eastern. Chris will be here early for the call of these. Daniil Medvedev, Denis Shapovalov, and then Felix Ojealiasim, Holger Runa. We've got TC Live to wrap it all up after that. Let's talk about these matchups. Let's start with Jose Aliasim and Holger Runa. First meeting between these two. One's on a nine-match win streak. The other guy's on a 12-match win streak. What are the challenges when you're facing somebody for the first time? Everything is just all perception. You've, if you, unless you've actually been able to play them or practice with them on court, you only can go on what other people are telling you or what you're able to watch on video. And a lot of times... We just look for patterns. We look for tendencies. What do they like to serve here? But you don't really get a sense of the way to shot. I think that's something that might catch Holger Aruna a little bit off guard tomorrow unless he's been able to practice with Felix a lot. His weight of shot from the ground, the way that he's been serving has been absolutely flawless. So that's going to cause some problems. Holger's going to have to try to adjust the return position, change the visual up for Felix because if he allows him to get into a nice serving rhythm, it could be a long day. All right, that's the breakdown. Who wins? Felix wins. <laughs> Felix I, wins. I really believe Felix wins. I mean, you just look at the winner to unforced error ratio. He's been hitting winners into the 25, 26, 37, I believe, winners to sub matches, and then having unforced errors that have been in single digits. That's something you don't see that often, especially from a player who plays as aggressive as a style as Felix does. I expect for him to continue that form. Go on to win this final. 22-year-old yeah, is playing at the top of his game right now. It's really exciting to see it all come together for Felix Oje Aliasim. Then we got Daniil Medvedev in our next final, taking on Denis Shapovalov in their head-to-head. -head. 3-2 for Medvedev, one match this year. He's actually won six straight sets against Shapovalov. The leftiness of the Canadian. How can that help him in this matchup? 
It's going to be tough, honestly. I, I find that the lefties typically want to serve the lefty patterns. They want to go the slice wide. They want to be able to swing the forehand out to their backhand. The only problem is Medvedev 6-7 with a very solid two-hand backhand. It's not easy to get the ball above his shoulders and make him feel uncomfortable on the backhand side or even stretch him out. That's a pattern that I think Medvedev is okay with staying in. So it's going to be tough. Dennis is going to have to get very, very creative. He's going to have to apply a lot of pressure, look to come in, and be okay with the passing shots. I believe they played at Labor Cup a couple years ago, and I spoke to a few players there who said the court was so slow, it made it so tough for Dennis to really be able to get to net because Medvedev is so good at recognizing when you're coming in, be able to create a pass. So it's going to be interesting. He's going to have to come forward. He's going to have to be committed to it. But he's going can't get discouraged when the passing shots come. All right, who wins? Medvedev wins. Medvedev wins. All right, so we got Felix and Medvedev. It is on tape. We'll see what happens tomorrow. <laughs> By the way, they're always like, we, we have to have three people on TC Live. You're that good that they're like, <laughs> we'll just roll with Chris. Big banks. That's all we need. Big Sunday coming up. Championship Sunday here on Tennis Channel. Daniil Medvedev going for his second title of the season, taking on Denis Shapovalov. And then Felix Ojeh-Aliassin. Can he get... The third in a row, taking on Holger Runa. Thanks for watching TC Live. We'll see you tomorrow.